part two of our series about Caleb, who uh, is very much considered a hero of faith. And last Sunday, uh, I kicked off the series by looking at some of the attitudes that Caleb carried about himself as he kind of stood strong in faith, stood strong in courage, uh, and uh, just in who he was called to uh, as a follower of Jesus. And, and faith and courage are two aspects of Caleb, which Debbie's going to be speaking on next Sunday morning and touching on. So you're going to get uh, more of that uh, next week. And so last Sunday, I shared how uh, we need to guard the attitude of our heart, speaking about how we needed to keep our heart diligently, speaking honestly, acting with integrity, and pursuing righteousness, and how we needed to protect that around our lives so it's not contaminated by a lot of the rubbish that's going on around us, a lot of the uh, legislative stuff that's uh, anti, you know, biblical principles, a lot of the, uh, that's just the, the actions and the behaviors uh, that are happening around us. I also shared that it was important for us to remember how big our God is. It's always good to be reminded of that because who knows that it's very easy in our trials and in our circumstances to kind of be focused on our problems. And so we looked at how important it was to remember just how big our God is in every situation because He is. Amen. And, uh, and then our last point last Sunday was how we needed to trust God and get ready to go. A point that we're going to touch on a little bit again this morning as we see how Caleb's attitude and how Caleb's faith allowed him to be ready at the right time to go after what God had promised them. Because uh, what we're also going to see this morning is that the failure to be ready in faith, the failure to be ready in courage has an impact on our journey. And so uh, if you missed last Sunday, uh, that one is up online. So you can go and find that. Eh? Yeah, go me. Woo. We're winning. Uh, so that one is up online. So if you missed last Sunday, you can go and re-listen to that or re-listen to it uh, if you want to hear it again. And you can find that on, again, the Easy Church app. Also, you can find it on any podcast platform uh, under Shaw. Elam. And so I want to continue the series this morning by sharing with you three aspects about Caleb's attitude and his character that we can uh, benefit from if we adopt them into our own lives and into our everyday walk. But let's um, pray before we come to that. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for your word. Lord, we thank you for your spirit who was the first interpreter of your word. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would allow your spirit to speak clearly, clearly to each and every one of us. God, that you will take uh, these words this morning and that you would uh, mold them and multiply them personally for every individual in this place because you know what's going on in all of our lives and in all of our hearts. And you know, uh, Lord, the battles we face. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, use me this morning for your glory, Father, that you would let your spirit just uh, move in this place and that you would have your way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen. And so just to quickly recap on Caleb, uh, we, we saw last week that he was born uh, in the nation of Israel while they were enslaved in Egypt. And so he spent 40 years of his life as a slave, uh, living uh, very much a hard and dangerous life of continual struggle and uh, continual survival. And when Caleb reached the age of 40, uh, God powerfully moved uh, the, the, the nation of Israel out of Egypt 
And so they had this, uh, Caleb was a part of this mass, mass exodus out of Egypt, a story that we know uh, very well. And uh, as a nation, they, they began their journey to the land that God had promised Abraham. So as they were kind of journeying uh, and, and out in the wilderness trying to find this place, uh, it came time for them to spy out the land that God had set aside for them. And Caleb was among uh, 12 other spies who were sent by Moses to check out the promised land. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we read in Numbers 13 that they go out and then uh, they all come back again. They go out 40 days, they come back again and they give a report about what they'd seen. Ten of the spies uh, bring a bad report that, you know, that, that they couldn't take the They're just like, man, we can't do this. The people are too big. We're too small. Um, and funnily enough, they also told Moses about how great the land was and how it was flowing with milk and honey and how big the fruit was. Uh, but despite that, they, they said that the land couldn't be taken and that they couldn't do it. And only Caleb and Joshua brought a positive report saying in Numbers 13, verse 30, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. <clears throat> Who knows that every now and then they need an attitude like that in life. And so our first point this morning is that we see in Caleb a heart of optimism. Caleb has an optimistic perspective on things. Optimism, uh, if you look it up, means to be hopeful and confident of the future. The other meaning for optimistic is to have unrealistically high expectations. Who likes that one? Having unrealistically, it's a bit scary kind of venturing into that realm. And so we've got these 10 spies who... You know, if we were gonna, if we were gonna, kind of advocate for them, uh, they probably were correct in saying that to take the land was pretty optimistic. They were probably, when they saw everything, when they saw uh, the reality of who they were fighting against, of what was there, uh, they probably uh, can be, uh, I guess, forgiven for thinking that they couldn't do it. We've all been there when something, think, something just looks too big, looks too scary, and we all kind of stand there and think for a minute, ah, yeah, I can't do this, or this is just too big for me. And so uh, I think we can at the very least understand uh, where these 10 spies <coughs> are coming from. But Caleb believed that it was possible with God. Caleb believed that he could do it with God as well as being hopeful and confident for their future. So he had this optimistic view for what the future could look like, and then uh, where it was unrealistically uh, optimistic or high in its expectation, uh, he was still confident that they can do it with God. You know, when something is not unrealistically high for us to reach, when something is not uh, that hard for us to achieve, if, if everything in our life or in your life, is controlled and measured within your ability to do it, then there is almost next to no room for God to move powerfully. Did you catch that this morning? If everything you do in your life is within your ability, if it's all within your capability, if it's all within the realm of what you can do, then there is nowhere for God to move 
powerfully. Because you can do it all yourself. But we see in Caleb's statement here in verse 30 that he had this optimistic spirit. He says, we should go up and take possession of the land. After hearing all the things that they'd seen, after hearing about all the enemies that they had to battle, were they bigger then? We're not told, but the likelihood is, yes, they were bigger than them. In the natural, would they have been overcome? All likelihood in the natural, as if you assess things as they were, yeah, they might have been overcome. But Caleb was like, with God, we can do it. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. And so when others were saying that we can't, Caleb was saying, yes, we can. Like Bob the Builder. Can we get it? Yes, we can. And so let me put it in another way in the context of Caleb's attitude and relationship with God uh, that we spoke about last Sunday. When the men around him, these other 10 men were saying, we can't do it. When in fear, when in the fear of man, they were saying, we can't do it. Caleb, in his faith, was saying, God can. You see, it's never because of you or I that we do great things for God. It's never in ourselves that we achieve the promises of God. It's all because of our God, our good, good Father. It's Him who does the great things. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. And He wants to bless us with His goodness and His presence and power and His promise. Amen. And so Caleb's optimism has to do uh, with this vision and this desire that he sees for, for what God has promised, for these greater things that God has laid out for the future, for the, the future of their people. He's optimistic for, uh, for what's to come, and his optimism is backed up with faith, courage, and trust in God. He says in Numbers 14 verse 8, if the Lord is pleased with us, Let's grab a hint just from that phrase. If the Lord is pleased with us. The key there is to live a life holy and pleasing to the Lord. Easy to miss that at the front of that verse. But if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give us and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. So my encouragement this morning is live a life holy and pleasing to God. Live filled with optimism. What is that? Filled with hope and confidence for your future. Not just the future in this life, but the future promise of eternity with our God in heaven. Live with that hope. Live optimistic about the powerful God and his promises for you. Amen. He is able. We just need to be willing. Our second point this morning is that Caleb had a heart of enthusiasm. Optimism, enthusiasm. Optimism to do with uh, vision, with what he sees. Enthusiasm to do 
with passion. Caleb is enthusiastic and passionate about what God is doing. I don't know about, um, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but there, there, are, there are certain topics that uh, once you kind of get me started on it, uh, the energy levels seem to go to another height. Debbie's laughing because she knows what I'm talking about. But when all of a sudden someone strikes up a conversation with you about something you're passionate about, whether it's sharing about Jesus, whether it's politics, whether it's cars, uh, whether it's baking, I know some ladies are into baking, but whenever you start talking about something that you're passionate about, the, the energy levels just start to lift. Um, you know, Debbie and I would be talking to some people, and then they'll they'll get onto a topic, and, and Debbie will be like, oh, don't get him started on that. Because she knows that once I get started on it, what's coming next is an enthused, passion-filled conversation about whatever that matter is, whatever that topic is. And so Caleb seems to have this enthusiasm about him when they're talking about going to their land. It's that, it's that moment where you're just excited about what's happening, but everyone around you is just kind of going, yeah. Kind of standing there, not, not too not too fussed about where you're at. And this is one of the reasons why uh, we assume that Caleb and Joshua were ready to kind of go when the opportunity came. You know, enthusiasm and passion, they, they don't normally just come to you in an instant. They are things uh, that have come out of a season of engagement. They are things that have come out of a season of, relation, uh, of reflection uh, and out of a season of thought on those topics. You know, we're enthusiastic and passionate about things uh, that we've either had personal experience in, things that we either have a personal conviction about, or things that we've grown and, and increased interest in. And sometimes we're passionate about things that we've had all of the above happen to. Where you've been affected by it personally, you've got a conviction about it, like a conviction about our faith and about sharing uh, the gospel, um, or something that we've grown and interested in, an interest in. And so we see this passion and this enthusiasm in, enthusiasm in Caleb when he's trying to convince the people to go into the land of Canaan. When everyone else was being scared, Caleb was like, it says in these verses that that Caleb and Joshua tore their shirts off their bodies to be heard. Now, the word enthusiasm means having or showing intense and eager enjoyment, interest, or approval of something. Having or showing intense and eager enjoyment, interest, or approval in or of something. And I'd like to suggest this morning, church, that we're meant to have an intense, eager enjoyment and interest about our faith, about the bride of Christ, his church, and about the promises that God has placed in our lives. You know, Romans 11, Romans 12 verse 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In the NLT, it puts it this way, never be lazy, is that a word for anyone this morning? Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Enthusiastically. With intense 
and eager enjoyment, interest and approval. And so Caleb was burning with the zeal for the promise of God. Uh, he, he wanted action. Uh, and not only that, he believed that it was time to act. And so he was calling the people of Israel to the work of God to take over the land. The land that God had promised them. In the New King James Vision, where it translates Numbers 13.30, it says this. Caleb says, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So he has this heart of enthusiasm. You see, what we also get out of the story of Caleb is the flip side of zeal and enthusiasm. And it's not always a side we like to think about or look at. But we see the impact of fear, the impact of faithful, faithlessness, and the impact of a lack of zeal. Because the Israelites hesitated. The Israelites deliberated. The Israelites procrastinated. And the Israelites did not go when it was time for them to go. Despite Caleb and Joshua calling on them uh, to, to head out. And because of, what they, uh, because of what they were told and because of what they decided not to do, which was to go to the land, God did not allow them to enter the land for another 40 years. And this is not just 40 years of living. This is 40 years of wilderness living. Weary, wandering in the wilderness. The lesson for us here is that though there's certainly times for planning, though there's certainly a need uh, to kind of put systems in place to do the work for God, to steward, to help us steward well the resources and the finances that God gives us uh, as we work towards His vision for our lives personally, but also for uh, ministry, there will eventually come a time for action and deeds to be applied to faith. This was the time for their actions and their deeds to be applied to their faith, to move in faith, because faith without godly works and without godly deeds is what the Bible calls dead. And so if no actions follow uh, our faith as we walk uh, through this life, then we fall into the faithlessness that God accuses the Israelites of having here. If there's no action to follow, then both optimism and both, both optimism and enthusiasm begin to drain away, and opportunity departs. And I don't know about you, but again, I never want to miss an opportunity in God. If there is an opportunity for me to grow in God, I want to be there. If there is an opportunity for the church to grow in ministry, I want to be there and ready to go. Amen? And so as faithful followers of Jesus and of the all-powerful God who's able to do church abundantly above and beyond all that we can hope and imagine, we aim to have a heart that is optimistic in faith and enthusiastic in passion while we serve our Lord. And like Caleb and Joshua, 
we get ready. Optimistic and enthusiastic about going at once to take possession of God's best for us. Because I would love nothing more for all of us than for all of us to have God's best for our lives. For we are well able to overcome whatever stands in our way with our God. Hallelujah. You know, one of the keys that we get from Caleb's life to help us with this, and that is our third point this morning, is that Caleb has a heart of submission. Caleb has a heart that is submitted and that is surrendered to God. God said of Caleb in Numbers 14, verse 24, he said, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. In the NLT, it says, he has remained loyal to me. The NIV, it says, follows me wholeheartedly. It's quite the compliment to get from God. You know, living in submission and following God fully simply means to give God his way every day, all day, all the time. It's his way every day, all day, all the time, no matter what the situation. It means giving up living for what we want. It means giving up living for the approval of others or how others see us. It means giving up trying to be something that God never created us to be and just following Jesus. whom with we can discover all we're created to be. And that's not easy all the time because we all know that God's way of turning the other cheek and rejoicing always through every season and loving your enemy, who likes that one? Loving your enemy. Doing those things aren't always convenient or easy to do when we're just kind of walking through our week. But a religion or a Christianity of convenience is inconsistent with a Christianity of conviction. A Christianity of convenience, because we're such broken human beings, is inconsistent with the Christianity of conviction. Because discipleship, by definition, commands our devotion, our worship, our dedication, and our submission to our master. And that is Jesus. Romans 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. 
This is your true and proper act of worship. And so because God gave his one and only son, because Jesus gave his life as a ransom for our sin, we live a life of submission and sacrifice to our Lord. God's way, every day, all day, all the time. Easy to, easy to repeat, easy to say. But as disciples, it's a journey that needs to be walked. Matthew 10, verse 39. In the NLT version, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. You know, the lesson of putting the first thing first, God being the first thing. The lesson of putting the first thing first and following God fully. Church, it's a lesson that deserves our attention that deserves our time, and that deserves our study in God's Word. It deserves our attention, our time, and our study in God's Word. And I'm not talking about a Sunday morning study from the pulpit. I'm talking about you and God going through God's word to study putting the first thing first in your own life. To get the heart of submission that Caleb had. Asking, what does it mean to submit? What does it look like in my life to submit and to surrender? And what do I still need to surrender to God? Because I believe that if we can be honest with God, and more importantly, if we can be honest with ourselves about those sorts of things, then we will grow this heart that is optimistic for the things of God, that is enthusiastic and energized about the things of God, and that is in submission to our God. Because man, I don't know about you, but I think I ain't seen nothing yet when it comes to what God can do. And so that's my prayer for us this morning and this week. That not only will we have this optimism, this vision for all these great things that God's doing, not only will we have this enthusiasm, this energy, this excitement about the future that we have in God, but that we'd also have this discipline to seek God and go, God, 
Is there anything in my life that I haven't given up yet? Knowing that on the other side of all of that, God's best is still yet to come. Hallelujah. So why don't we stand this morning as we close in prayer? for his goodness thank him for all he's done thank him for all that he's going to do God we thank you for your promises God we thank you for your grace God we thank you for your conviction for your word that brings correction Therefore, teaching. And God, this morning I pray that you will just release in our lives, Father, the heart of Caleb, the faith and the courage of Caleb to walk with optimism, to walk with passion and with vision after you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and into our lives your truth. Lord, that in in our passion and in our vision and our optimism, we may be anchored in our service and submission to you. Who you are, who you are.